He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. Wondering what it is I should do. We should stand up in the middle and tell both of the extremes they're crazy and get lost. Um, this is Dick Morris, and it's great to be with you in New York. Yesterday, I got an invitation from an old friend of my family's named Donald Trump uh, to go play golf with him uh, yesterday. And I don't play golf, but I sure watch it. And uh, I went up to the Westchester Country Club, the Westchester Trump Golf Club, and uh, where he has a golf course that he built and owns. And uh, the president was golfing for three hours, and I was chasing after him in my uh, golf cart, uh, trying to keep up. And uh, I'll tell you something, and then we had lunch afterwards. Uh, Trump is a great golfer. He is incredible. Uh, every single tee, he would go up there and smash the ball straight down the fairway, not left or right, just straight down with incredible distance. The golf pro who is there says he has been with seven other presidents as a caddy and pro, and he said that at their prime, Trump would have defeated every one of them by at least 25 strokes. Uh, it was quite an incredible performance to see. The high point of the day, the humorous high point, was that Trump hit a ball that landed in the water trap. So I went over and I said, Mr. President, part the waters. <laughs> I mean, are you president or not? <laughs> and um, But it was an incredible uh, performance, and I was very happy to be there. M- my relationship with President Trump is very close. My dad was his father's lawyer and was his lawyer on Trump Towers and a bunch of other projects. And he's very generous in saying my father, Eugene Morris, of the law firm of Demov, D-E-M-O-V, and Morris, no longer exists. Neither does my father. <laughs> he died at the age of 100. But uh, that that he, he said he was the best lawyer he ever had, the best real estate lawyer, and so on. And uh, we're also close because my cousin was Roy Cohn, uh, and uh, who is kind of in many ways Trump's mentor. He was the counsel to the McCarthy Committee uh, in the 50s, and all New York liberals hate him for that. And uh, I told a very cute story there. We had a table. We sat down in the club for lunch with a group of about 10 people, uh, and uh, we were at the table and it was his table. So I told him that Roy used to eat at the 21 Club for lunch almost every day. And they hated him because he was a conservative. And they showed him to the worst table in the house all the time, right in front of the kitchen. And it was noisy and intrusive and everything. So one day Roy got his revenge and made a point. He uh, said he asked for a reservation for three for Mr. Cohn and his two clients, and they gave him his usual table. He came early, and then the Duke and Duchess of Windsor came, who were his clients, and they rushed over to his table and said, Mr. Cohn, let us put you at a more appropriate table. And he said, no, this is the table you give me all the time. This is where I'm having lunch, and you guys better keep quiet in the kitchen. 
and all lunch they had to hold the door for each other and nobody could clang pots or dishes. And uh, at the end of it, Roy always got the best table in the house. <laughs> so that, that was, I thought, a great, a great story. Um, in the course of the lunch, Trump talked about absolutely nothing else but the 2020 election. Uh, I asked him about 2024, and he said, 24 or before, and uh, was not at all ruling out the possibility of the election being overturned. And John McLaughlin, my friend who's Trump's pollster, uh, just issued a poll saying that 30% of Republican voters in America believe the election uh, will likely, likely be invalidated in the next few months. Uh, as you know, Georgia and uh, now Arizona, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and I believe Pennsylvania, the legislatures have ordered recounts or audits of the election, which are fairly extensive, and they involve going through each paper ballot, verifying the identity of each voter, verifying that they're alive and that they, in fact, live in the state. I have heard a rumor, and I can't confirm it, that in Arizona, they have found a large number of ballots that were Xeroxed, uh, ballots for Biden that were Xeroxed. And uh, that, of course, is not permitted. You can't even Xerox the ballot itself without it being filled in. Uh, it's got to be an original paper ballot made by the state or sanctioned by the state. And these ballots were Xeroxed probably with Biden's name checked off. And uh, that's going to come out when the Arizona audit is published. But Trump was emphatic that this is going to happen and that he is going to uh, – the, the election will be overruled. I don't know what the legal mechanics of that are. I don't know if it's possible. In many ways, it probably isn't, but but we'll see. And uh, he was, in fact, very critical of the conservative media throughout the country for downplaying the chances of the election being thrown out and downplaying the importance of the audits going on in the states. And I have never seen him more emphatic than that. I wanted to talk to him about the races in 2020. I wanted to talk to him about the uh, 24 race. He wasn't having any of it. Uh, he talked perfunctorily about him. But what he's really focused on is the 2020 election. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Now, with that background, the, the, I was amazed to read another line in John McLaughlin's poll. Uh, and, and I'd like to share that with you. Proud to be an American. We all are. And uh, people of all ethnicities in the United States are proud to be an American. But I was bowled over. I was shocked by a statistic in McLaughlin's poll. He asked people, and I've never seen this question asked before. He said, are you, would you primarily describe yourself as an American or as a black? And then as an American or a Hispanic, an American or an Asian, or whatever country you came, your, your parents and grandparents or you came from. <clears throat> and the results were fairly uniform that, uh, about 20% of each group, uh, said they would describe themselves as black or Lat Latino or whatever, uh, as opposed to American in the first description. But when they asked black respondents 
would you call yourself primarily an American or a black? Uh, 53% said American, but 43% said black. That just blew me away. It wasn't so with Hispanics. 25% said they would see themselves first as Hispanics and 60% as Americans. But with the black community, it was 43 who said they would describe themselves as black and 53 who would describe themselves as American. Thank God it was majority American. But it really shows to me the degree of alienation and separation and uh, and, and concern and even prejudice uh, going on in this country. I was amazed by it, an amazing statistic. In the meantime, the Democratic Party is trying not just to oppose uh, legality in terms of how people vote and change genders and change all kinds of rules. They are now making an assault on motherhood. No, I would not give false hope on the strange mournful day. But the mother and child reunion is only President Biden's 2022 budget proposal uses language that supplants the word mothers, referring to women who are who both deliver a baby and raise the child with the phrase birthing people, <laughs> birthing people. Happy birthing people's day. Biden's budget would allocate over 200 million to funding to help end the high rate of maternal mortality and race-based disparities in outcomes among birthing people birthing people. So it's Father's Day and birthing people's day. Democratic Missouri Representative Cory Bush was slammed by conservatives for using the phrase black birthing people to refer to black mothers. A similar movement has emerged among some progressive circles and certain hospitals in England that no longer refer to breastfeeding, but chest feeding. <laughs> I, I've been trying to chest feed for a while and nothing comes out, but I guess that I guess I haven't had the right vocabulary. And in January, Nancy Pelosi proposed a series of House rule revisions that include ditching the use of gendered terms and pronouns. Uh, so it's no longer he or she; it's the word they. Um, this is absurd. This is unbelievable. It's beyond absurd. It's absolutely incredible. In fact, it comes at the same time that there was a broadside by a guy named Raj, uh, somebody Raj, a British writer, who said that Johnny Appleseed uh, was a colonialist and that apple pie is a colonialist institution because it was made with sugar and stuff that slaves had to produce. So now the left has managed to oppose motherhood and apple pie in the same week. Good for them. So give me a call at 800 800- That's WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Big action going on now in the Senate. 
is that on Tuesday, Schumer is going to bring forth the voting rights issue, as they call it, which is basically the ballot stuffing bill the Republicans have been, the Democrats have been pushing, S1 and HR1, the top priority of the Democratic Party, and he's going to bring it up for a vote. Now, there's a lot of frantic maneuvering going on. Uh, the, uh, the original bill uh, provided all kinds of stuff that really legalized the shenanigans that went on in the 2020 election. And then Manchin said that he would vote to filibuster it and kill it. And now Manchin has proposed a compromise bill based on what's called the John Lewis bill, named after the former civil rights leader and congressman who died. But people say that, but I believe that that bill is almost as bad as the original voting rights bill the GOP, the Democrats are pushing. I don't know if the bill is meaner than a junkyard dog, but it sure isn't very friendly. The essence of the Democratic proposal on to basically castrate voting rights is that they want to transfer the responsibility for setting the stage as to who can vote and how they can how they, the vote elections are administered from the states where the Constitution explicitly gives it. It says the state legislature shall regulate that, takes it away from them, and gives it to Congress. And Congress preempts that by laying out its own standards. So all the bills that are being considered now and passed already in Georgia, Florida, uh, and being considered in Arizona, Michigan, and a whole lot of other swing states would now be preempted by this new legislation. Now, that principle is terribly important because once you transfer the capacity to govern elections from the states to the federal government, that is the biggest transfer of power really in American history since the 14th Amendment. It essentially says that you do not control in your own state who votes and what the procedures are, what the requirements are, but has to be subject to a national test. And it provides that the Justice Department, the Joe Biden Justice Department, headed by Merrick Garland, thank God we didn't confirm him for the Supreme Court, is going to pre-clear all changes to voting rights. In other words, you can't change the law in your own state. Uh, the Congress can't even change the law in your state. The Department of Justice, the Attorney General, will determine who can vote in your state. It's a formula for biased elections from start to finish. You will never again, if this concept passes, have a free election. And I'm not just saying under Democrats, Republicans too. I didn't, I don't want Bill Barr, the former attorney general, determining, uh, determining who is, who can vote and who can't. Uh, it's a democracy. And essential to the democracy is the ability to govern who votes and who doesn't. The other provision in this bill that is absolutely laughable is the Republicans want Photo ID for voters, right? You have to do it to cash a check. You have to do it to uh, to do anything in the world these days, board a plane, board a train, the whole bit. Uh, but they say that it is too onerous on minority groups to go around and get a photo ID. So their proposal is that they get an affidavit instead. 
an affidavit that says, I'm named John Jones. I live at thus and such an address. Uh, I am, uh, I want to register to vote or I have registered to vote. And, uh, and this is my, and, and this is me. Uh, now, which is easier, getting an affidavit or getting a driver's license? <laughs> which is easier, getting a photo ID or going to a lawyer's office, getting an affidavit, getting it signed, getting it notarized, and bringing it to the election authorities? Obviously, what this is is a format of a, a pretext for them to have attorneys sitting out there with a gigantic pile of affidavits pre-made out and uh, pre-printed. And then just fill in the names and, and one after another after another churn out these IDs. There's no requirement that there be a photograph. No requirement that there be a photograph. Now, why is a photograph important? So you can make sure the guy exists and you can stop people from doing it two and three and four and five times. That's the only reason not to have a photograph. And the John Lewis bill that Manchin is now supporting and could pass does not require a photo ID. It simply requires one of these prefab affidavits that they'll sign out. Uh, let's go to Andrew and, uh, oh, Stanhope. Hey, Andrew, you've been with us before. Hey, how's it going? How's Doing it going? Good. And, uh, when I, I'll hang up and I, I have a request, I'll say a story that you told once that was awesome if you could tell it again. But first, as far as um, when you spoke with Trump and, and election fraud and overturning, right. I don't have any confidence because I always thought of Hillary Clinton's emails and, and yeah. the server and Comey saying it's this. Yeah. Don't well, you think you, have you to, could do that? <laughs> you have <laughs> to wonder, happen, Andrew, so. what the uh, what the evidence is going to be. You can't sit here in the abstract and say it'll be overturned or it won't be. Right. What do these audits show and how definitively do they show them? And what what is the evidence? It's like saying, is the guy going to be found guilty or innocent? I don't know, but tell me what the evidence is, and then I might have a clue. Right. And what's, also, what's the story you had in mind, like Andrew? Yeah. Like they said, oh, there's no standing. But once I heard you, you had said that you worked for the president and you couldn't use cell phones because they could be tapped into. Right. So you were on your vacation and you went to a... Lobster house, lobster or fish, place. you know, like efficient. I stood place. on the lower rung with the risk of having yeah. my feet eaten by a lobster. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was a cool story. Uh, I had to go into the, uh, the, I got a page from the president, and I couldn't use a cell phone to return it. You're not allowed. So we were driving by a lobster shack. So I went in and I asked the guy if I could use the phone. Uh, and I said, sheepishly, to call back the president. So he let me do it. But to reach it, I had to stand on a lobster lobster crate uh, with the lobsters swimming there, and I was kept looking down to see if I still had 10 toes when I finished the phone call. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Gary in uh, on Staten oh, Island. Wow. He's got an interesting thing. Oh, uh, thank you so much, uh, Professor, Doctor. Well, you Just don't dick. want me to butter you up, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. But anyway, now I read from cover to cover the book that you wrote that everybody should go out and buy, which is Black Helicopters. Let me just give him background, Gary. That book, which I wrote with my wife, Eileen, is called Here Come the Black Helicopters. And it was named facetiously because the le the left is always saying these right-wing crazies think that black helicopters, help meaning UN helicopters, are coming everywhere and are coming to take away our freedom. And the title of the book was Here Come the Black Helicopters. 
and I lay out a whole series of assaults on American sovereignty uh, for gun confiscation, for law of the sea, where the U.S. Navy would be preempted by the U.N., where the people that drill for oil and International waters would have to pay uh, royalties to countries that don't have any waterway just simply because they're poor. Um, all kinds of the making suggesting us to international criminal court jurisdiction, uh, basically providing that we couldn't go to war without the approval of the UN Security Council, giving Russia and China in effect a veto over our ability to go to war and prohibiting us from launching uh, weapons into space that are defensive weapons. It was incredible. And it's a good book. Get, get a hold of it. Here come the black helicopters. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. So today's lunch alert, is, uh, today's uh, broadcast is sponsored in part by the Patriot Gold Group. And I don't know how you could have more evidence of inflation than we're having now. The uh, Federal Reserve Board has basically said inflation is coming. And they said this week that they are going to reconsider their loose monetary policies. Loose. There aren't any. Uh, Their policies of a doormat. Interest rates are zero and basically the government can print whatever money it wants. And if you still have your retirement savings in an account with a dollar sign in front of it, you're a little bit nuts. Either that or do something safe like going to Vegas and put it all on red. So the Patriot Gold Group is is really the solution to that and will give you real confidence that your that your money is going to be safe because it's not being kept in dollars, it's being kept in gold. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. To the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. In the previous segment, I was talking about the need to uh, keep your savings in something other than dollars uh, and was suggesting that you call the Patriot Gold Group. And like a rookie radio guy, I forgot the phone number. Uh, the phone number is 888-912-1469. 888-912-4469. Should be 911 given what's happening to the dollar, but it's 9121469 now one of the controversies that's raging in washington and throughout the world is the origin of the covid virus and uh when you understand this story it's absolutely incredible uh the th- this is literally the work of the devil the chinese army but at the moment the work of the devil the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. Yeah, well, the soul he stole was the soul of the Chinese government and in particular the Chinese military. Let me explain what went on and who won, who won because even if you think you know the story, you may not. The China, the, the situation was before any of this happened that they had a lot of viruses and the issue in terms of making a bioweapon was how do you make it so it's transmittable from person to person, uh, even without direct contact. 
and uh, the Chinese military was determined to overcome that obstacle, to make a biological weapon that could eradicate the human race if they wanted to. And uh, they got a hold of the Wuhan laboratory in Wuhan, China, and set up a contract to find gain-function research that would gain the function so that a virus could infect other people uh, without direct contact. And uh, that was their mission. And they got a hold of a scientist, a mad scientist in Holland, named, whose last name was, was Ron Foucher, F-O-U-C-H-I-E-R. And he was diligent in studying how do we do this? How do we make this virus transmittable? And he took the COVID virus that could not be transmitted by air. He mutated it. He made some changes to it to make it more deadly and more transmittable. And then he injected it into 10 poor ferrets, the animals that are in many ways similar to humans genetically. And then he found that the 10 ferrets were getting sick and dying of COVID, but that the ferret in the next door cage, who they had no contact with, also became sick with COVID and died. Eureka! He'd solved the problem. Now it was possible to spread this virus throughout the entire human race. Science triumphs again. Good for him. I don't know if there's such a thing as a Nobel Prize for evil or stupidity, but this guy deserves that. And uh, he made the virus. Then the Obama administration objected and raised hell and said, hey, wait a minute, this could be horrible if this got out of control and there was a leak from the lab. This could infect all of humanity like it did. And uh, the NIH, National Institute of Health, the mad scientists who administer our research budget, funded the project. They funded developing gain-of-function research to see if we could make the virus more deadly and more transmittable. The reason they said they did it was so that they could develop antiviral vaccines more easily. That's like saying we're short of snake venom, so let's release rattlesnakes on Broadway and get everybody bit, and that way we can get a lot of blood samples for anti-venom serum. Uh, this, this decision was one of the most irresponsible, terrible decisions in the history of the world, and an evil decision as well. I mean, this is literally Frankenstein being loose. Uh, and the United States government gave them 200 million dollars to help them do it, to help them develop this change of function, uh, growth of function, I think is gain of function is the word, gain of function, GOF, $200 million of your and my tax money to invent this stuff. Now, the issue is, did the, uh, did the virus leak naturally, leak because of a, an error in the lab, uh, or did it uh, occur naturally from a bat going by and biting people? Obviously, that's a very important issue, and if you believe a bat did it, you got to be basically batty. <laughs> There's no way a bat did it. This didn't spread naturally any more than my Antilly did. Uh, this was obviously uh, a, a leak by, by, at best, careless and at worst, malicious people who worked in the lab. And uh, it is just outrageous that it happened. Uh, we should take strong action against China. We can't sit down and let this go on. We can't accept this result. And Trump is right when he says we should levy reparations against China.
and I have two very specific proposals. One is we could get a trillion dollars over five years out of China by quadrupling the tariffs we charge them. We've already seen doubling the tariff didn't hurt our economy. We're growing it over 7%. Uh, it's, we can increase it still further without hurting our own economy. It'll devastate China's economy. And don't worry about Chinese uh, retribution or retaliation. The United States has a negative trade balance with China, even still, of about $250 billion. China has a positive trade balance with the United States of about $200 billion. So even if we would lose all of our exports to China, the Chinese would lose five times more when they lose their exports to the United States. This is a trade war that is a laydown. We absolutely can win it. In fact, that may be why the COVID virus got released in the first place, if it was deliberate to slow down the American economy and stop Trump from winning. But I believe that the, that we certainly could do that and take the hundred billion, the one trillion extra we get over four years, five years and use it for reparations. The other thing is we pay China $100 billion a year of debt repayment, of money they lent us. Well, the hell with them. Uh, take that money and don't pay it back to China and use it for reparations uh, because of the damage they caused by the release, whether deliberate or accidental, of this horrible virus. The issue is not did they release it. The issue is why the hell were they making it in the first place? Why did China permit and encourage and fund, with U.S. help, a lab to make this thing, to make this unbelievable deadly thing that, if it leaks, would cause the 3.8 million deaths that this has already caused? You talk about genocide, and they want to punish China for genocide against the Uyghurs, the Muslim minority in northwest China. Well, I'm for that. But how about the genocide of 700,000 Americans and 3.8 million human beings throughout the world? That's genocide in my book. And we should seize the debt repayment money we're paying to China and quadruple the tariffs and put that $1.1 trillion toward reparations. Uh, and Trump wants $10 trillion. I don't see how you get that high. But I think we absolutely can do something like that and should and must. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Jerry, hi. Well, I had, I, w- I wanted to make two points. One deals with the, all these states that are investigating the, you know, the, the, the fraud. The election that's fraud, committed. Yeah. Assume, assuming everything works out and Trump can become president, that also is going to overturn some Congressional elections or senatorial elections, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. I'm not going to go down that road, Jerry, because uh, I'm not sure that that's possible. Uh, I'm not okay, sure it's possible to overturn. Okay, the second point I want to make deals I did, with wait, economics I did, of China. Just a minute, Jerry. I did want to convey to everybody, though. I spent four hours with President Trump uh, yesterday uh, chasing him around the golf course while he was hitting the ball out of sight. And uh, he was emphatic that the audits will result in conclusive evidence that should overturn the elections. And I just wanted everyone to know that point of view of his. Go ahead, uh, Jerry. The point I wanted to make on, was just on the China situation. Yep. Besides doing that, there's such an ease. There's, to me, there's, an easy, there's another thing that could be done. Delist all their stocks 
off the exchange and don't ever let them have a company here again. And then basically close down their four largest banks, which control 80 percent of the money and also go after all the top people over there and basically uh, How do we close know, their banks freeze down? all their assets. How do we close their banks down? Well, we we can we have we basically we have the main bank that basically I don't know how it's done, but I basically it can be I, I done don't, don't, by don't not allowing can. them to. Have the other thing we can do, of course, is we can refuse to participate in the Olympic Games if they're held in China. And my favorite, my thought is that if the U.S. does that, uh, and we hold Olympics without China, we're not going to miss them, and we'll have perfectly nice Olympic Games. Let's go to thank you, Jerry. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Uh, yes, uh, hello, Dick. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Now, since you are uh, talking about the China uh, plague, okay, yes. you are well aware of the fact there's a bipartisan group that it would look into uh, the origin of the virus, and they're going to uh, model it after the 9-11 uh, commission. Right. Okay? And the in this is in that... Uh, uh, group or panel that would look into the, the origin of yes, the Yes, uh, we know the idea. Uh, What's your thought on it? How do you suppose they're going to make China be transparent or get from China the, the stats, the, the data? That's that's that the key question, uh, Ralph. That, that's the key question, Ralph. You nailed it. How do we get China to be transparent? What I'm proposing is that we, in effect, find China one trillion dollars over the next five years unless they permit transparent access to that lab. And we have the means to do it. Uh, we can increase tariffs on the products they sell to us and we can stop repaying them the debts we owe them. And uh, that will together generate over a trillion dollars. Uh, many countries will raise the interest rates to the U.S. Uh, if we're doing that, but think of the money we'll save when we won't have to pay that money to China. And we've already demonstrated that high tariffs do not really discourage the American economy, do not really hurt us. So um, I think that we can do that. Crazy, I'm crazy for feeling. We are crazy for not taking stuff, tough measures against China. We are crazy to let that happen to us without our replying. Uh, and there is there are clear ways that we could do that. And President Trump, I think, pointed the way in demanding reparations from China. In, in demanding reparations from China. So we'll be back after these ads. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. This segment is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, you do have to be crazy, like Patsy Klein sang, uh, to keep your investments in dollars. Uh, there's a theory going around Washington called MMT, the Modern Monetary Theory. This is sort of the economic equivalent of critical race theory. It's being pushed by the extreme left, and the, its adherents are all over the budget department, all over the, uh, the budget uh, office of management and budget, and all over the Federal Reserve Board. 
And they are saying that junk all you know about economics. Get rid of all the experience we've had. Get rid of the fairly successful management of an economy over the last hundred years. Well, after the Depression, the last sixty, last 80 years. And understand that deficits don't matter. Overspending has no consequence. Increasing the federal debt is meaningless. Go right ahead and do it. Spend whatever the hell you want. Borrow whatever you want. Print whatever you want. The U.S. is a sovereign nation with sovereign power, and that will overcome any bad effect of this deficit spending. Well, what about you put deficits out there and you put trillions of dollars into the economy and then you tax the businesses so they can't produce goods and services, but you wallpaper the country with money for people to buy stuff and way too much money is chasing way too few goods and that causes inflation, obviously, amazing inflation, Weimar Republic kind of inflation, Jimmy Carter 1979 kind of inflation. And you know what their answer is? Well, pass taxes. Just raise taxes and sop up all that money. In other words, take all the money you gave people with your right hand and take with your left hand and take it back with your right hand. Impose a tax so that you collect the stimulus payments back, so that you collect the relief payments back, uh, so that you collect the child tax credit back. Which planet are these guys living on? You'll never be able to do that. Republicans will never permit it, and Democrats won't go along with it. Taxes have to pass Congress, and there's no way on earth they'll ever be able to do that. But the monetary theorists don't care about that. So don't trust these clowns with your savings. Uh, call the Patriot Gold Group at 888-912-1481. I'm sorry. 888-912-1469. 888-912-1469. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Spiro from Queens has a question that I think is on everybody's mind. Uh, go ahead, Spiro. Spiro? Well, Spiro was asking, can a Republican be elected nationally anymore? Yes, Spiro, he can. They can. Specifically, Donald Trump could be elected president in 2022. Okay, let's hear from Spiro himself. Hey, Spiro. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm speaking to uh, a guru, political strategist. And first, I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day, including the fathers out there with broken hearts. It's your day, too. And I know how devastating this day could be. Um, the thing about I like to bring up is um, you talk about China and everything. China knew that this virus had hit the people in Wuhan and they let them leave. That's the argument that should be made when it comes to suing them. Uh, we should uh, they have assets in the United States. They should yeah. be frozen. It's very simple to do. We know China. We know the establishment uh, corporations in America are beholden to China now. They basically rebuilt the Communist Party and the Communists in China by putting Spiro, American corporations. I'm going to interrupt you because of time. You're absolutely right. Uh, there was there is a uh, law that was passed that permitted. 
plaintiffs in the United States to sue Iran for damages inflicted by terrorists subsidized by Iran. And there was also a bill introduced that Bush killed that would have permitted Americans to sue Saudi Arabia for their role in 9-11 and collect money from their assets in the U.S. The Bush family is so close to the Saudi Arabians, they valued Saudi Arabia's assets over American uh, punishing them for having their people kill Americans or letting their people kill Americans. But we could do that with China. We could do that and we should do it. I was talking to a congressman the other day, Chris Smith from New Jersey, uh, who said exactly that and made that proposal. Uh, it was a very brilliant idea and it's a good idea when Spiro just proposed it as well. The other point you made, Spiro, I think is accurate, that they let people leave Wuhan, spreading the epidemic all over the place. But plenty of countries made mistakes like that. The U.S. is the only one that did it right in prohibiting people from coming in. But uh, and, and as a result, we had uh, much more success in dealing with the virus than anyone else did. But the big thing I'm interested in with China is what the hell were you doing paying your scientists to make this virus more deadly and more transmittable? I mean, that has absolutely – you got to be crazy. Let's go to John in Reno. Hey, John. Hey, Dick, how are you? Doing great. Uh, you know, I read the other day that Donald Trump was considering if there's a chance of us taking back the House next time, that he wants to run for the House and be the no. Speaker of the House. Have you not, heard anything about that? Not true. I was with him yesterday for four hours and on the golf course in Westchester. Uh, no, not true. Absolutely not. Uh, thank you, thank the, you. And, and, but, uh, I would, but I do, I mean, what he told me was... 24 or before, <laughs> quote, 24 or before, before meaning the election could get thrown out. But if not that, 24, uh, that's what he's going to do. Um, the uh, Let's go to uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn, comments about China. Mr. Morris, hello. Hey. Um, I agree with what you, the statement that you made before about the tariffs on China. However, do you really think that that would occur under this current administration? Because Donald Trump actually, our great president, uh, started to impose those severe tariffs on China. And in my opinion, I think that's part of the reason why China unleashed yeah. that terrible virus, I, not only on the United States, but on the entire world. I think you're right, Jacqueline. Uh, but I believe that that the pressure could be irresistible uh, if a uh, commi- if if a commission investigating this came up with real proof that China had deliberately made this virus and that the virus was man-made. Now you say China may not grant us access to being able to uh, ascertain that, uh, and they're doing that now. They're blocking scientists and investigators from coming in. I think the United States should raise tariffs and say these will take effect unless China satisfies international demands for to let in researchers and provide data and provide evidence about the source of this virus. You can pass that conditionally. Uh, I, I think that it's worth bearing in mind that whereas Biden opposed Trump's tariffs on China and called them racist, 
uh, he has not repealed those. He's kept them in place. And the reason is very simple. He likes the money. Uh, with the federal government spending as much as it is, he's not about to turn up his nose at a flow that comes to about $25 billion a year that China is now paying us when they pay the tariffs. So I think that this is an idea whose time has come and might might really work. Um, let's go to Chris on the Bronx. Hey, Chris. Yes, thank Happy you, Mr. Father's Morris, Day, for Chris. My I understand you have a first grader. Thank- yeah, I have two twin girls. They're going to be six next month. Good. And, um, you good know, and a good. lot of that's going on now. Thank you very much. A lot of that's going on, you know, with the CR, critical race theory, and uh, and then the teachings in the schools about the two mommies and the two daddies and drag queens reading books at libraries, you know, stuff like that. And I just don't want my kids' innocence to be taken away. And as of now, yep. the school that they're in now, I, I don't see any signs of, them of, of doing it. But you don't know because it's reaching and it's been here for a long time. What, Not, what we've got to do, really what we've got to do, is to get the New York State Legislature to lift the cap of fifty on the number of charter schools in the in New York. No other state has a cap like that. Teachers Union has imposed this, uh, robbing largely African-American as other parents of the right to get good schools or even to set up their own schools. And uh, that's the key thing we have to focus on with that. But, you know, earlier in the show, I talked about how the Biden administration is replacing the word mother with the word birthing people. <laughs> the Biden budget allocates 200 million bucks to funding to help end the high rate of maternal mortality and outcomes among birthing people. And uh, Missouri congressman from uh, Democrat Cora Bush uh, says that we should use phrases like black birthing people to replace the phrase black mothers. And uh, in England, in the hospitals, they no longer refer to breastfeeding. They refer to chest feeding. Uh, th- this is absurd. On the one hand, they're saying that race should determine everything. Uh, prism of race should decide everything. But on the other hand, gender should decide nothing. Can't even talk about gender. It's it's absolutely incredible what they're doing here. Um, let's go to uh, Bunny in – oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. My mistake. Um, so, look, the point about all of this is – let me just summarize what we've said in the show. Uh, first of all – we have got to stop the voting rights bill that is now going through Congress. I hate even to use the word voting rights because it takes away the voting rights of everyone who cast their ballot honestly and wants to have an honest election. And the compromise that Manchin is now supporting is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. He says that instead of requiring photo ID, we should accept as an alternative an affidavit. What's easier, a driver's license or getting a lawyer to prepare an affidavit? This is just an excuse for massive theft in the coming election, and we must not let that happen. See you next week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
prices in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 